T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris as we are doing our next on location episode at a place that I have only been to once. And yeah. This is your first time at this location of said place, correct? Oh, I've, I've been to this location. Oh, you have? It's okay. been a long, long time. Long, long time. I live right by one of these. We have talked about the OG breweries in the city, and although we don't put this one in the OG list, it is one of the maybe the second tier that yeah, came in. Definitely. It has been around for a very, very long time. This is Lucky Lab. And we are out at the northwest location on Quimby and uh, between 18th and 19th, yep. kind of kind of near where you work, actually, at Breakside. Yeah, so in the Slabtown location, it's, uh, the it's, hop and poppin' spot. It's in a very convenient location for those of you who are out on 23rd to walk a couple blocks down and, oh, yeah. uh, and take, a, take, a spot, uh, take a spot at Lucky Lab. Oh, yeah, easy spot to get to. Um, you know, it, I, one thing I love about this location is it's kind of immersed in some of the new, newer developments. In, the, in this area, you know, so it's almost like everything around it is building up and up, and this place is just kind of right in the heart of it, and it's it's really cool. We were walking around before we came in because we got here a little bit early. There's like eight brand new or within the last five years brand new mm-hmm. apartment or condo buildings all in this area, and it's just growing. There's a huge empty parking lot a block away from here. Yeah. You know in a year that's going to be a high-rise yep. or apartments or something like that. You know it. Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for as we'll get into in a little bit, I think one thing that's going to benefit this location in that growth is that this place is unlike, I think one thing that makes Lucky Lab cool is it's unlike any other brew pub. I mean, I think they always have these large open areas, and like I said, we'll get to that. But it, with despite being in a neighborhood, like this was the only dog in town for a while. There was a little Lompoc over there, but now that's closed. The new break side is there, but this is so different than that that you kind of have your own you get your own identity and your kind of own aspect to it. And I imagine this place will just continue to chug along once all these new things grow. So we got some beers in front of us. Some food is coming too, but we'll talk about the look to start. Uh, before before I do that though, I got to get, oh yeah, do the admin stuff. The shameless plugs. <laughs> you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at P Diddy 085 on Instagram. And uh, you can find the podcast on radio.com. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, com, Stitcher, and wherever you find it, if you have yet to do so, if you could please uh, leave us a subscription and please a rating and, and a review. It helps us uh, get that podcast out a little bit more, and it also just lets us know what you think about it. And then as we've been posting or, or promoting the last few podcasts, tweet at us or in Instagram DM us the beers you're drinking and what you thought of the podcast and, and topics that you're interested in us doing. Because uh, we've got some on the list, but if, if you're really interested in something, feel free to let us know. And if we haven't thought about it, we will definitely put it on the list and do it as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Please keep reaching out. So we'll start with we'll start with the look. And, and you're right. We, we did our Brewery Look podcast, and this was one that we didn't really talk about uh, in that in that podcast. But this is unique to Portland, mm-hmm. I would say. I would very much agree. <clears throat> it is a very German-style beer hall. Mm-hmm. And if you've been to – sometimes they're kitschy, but if you've ever been to some of those German beer restaurants – 
what you get is long tables, shared spaces, high ceilings, music. At the German ones, you'll often get, you know, German bands and people singing and walking Live around music, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, a lot of the Portland breweries, if you listen to that episode, have a very similar look with the exposed ceilings and the wood paneling and its brand new buildings and all that kind of stuff. This is not that. This is a beer hall. Mm-hmm. There's long tables. There's six rows of long tables here. There's multiple rooms. And this is only one of four locations of Lucky Lab, and I'm assuming all four have a similar style to them. Definitely. I live uh, I live right next to the one on Killingsworth. Uh, they only brew at this location and the Hawthorne location, but there's a... Uh, there's like the the pub on Killingsworth, and that's the one I live next to, and it's similar to this but different. It's it's not a, it doesn't have like a, as wide of a main space as this does, uh, but uh, but again, long tables, shared communal things, uh, very beer hall style. It's nice, I dig it. And they got a little outside space here where they've got some uh, some little like uh, bar games out there, and they got mm-hmm. some darts here. I think this would be kind of a cool place to have an event. Right, totally. And I've also been – the reason I've been here once was I was doing one of those brew cycle tours when my Uh, in-laws came and were like, hey, we we should do this. This is really fun. Did you do – was it Bridgeport, Lucky Lab, Lompoc? Yes. That's what it was. Those Which were the is three. funny because two of those are closed now. I know it's sad, <laughs> and we we started. It starts next to the ten barrel that's down yeah. down here. So I think we drank a ten barrel, walked over there, and they actually have their own beer in that little brew cycle place. Oh too. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And then they bring you out. Those were the three that we did. Yeah, we did Lompoc and Bridgeport in here. And I remember coming here, and I was I think already half in the bag at that point. <laughs> <laughs> We'd been riding. Think think about this. You, you're drinking a ton of beer. And then you're pedaling really hard for 15 minute or 10 minute intervals in between. <laughs> I was wasted. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's so easy. It's so easy on those things. So I don't know if I fully remember w- what my first experience was outside. I knew we sat in that corner table. I remember that. I'm pointing, which those of you <laughs> can't see, but uh, we were over by the windows, over by the outdoor spot, and uh, and yeah. So that was my one time here. Yeah, I can't remember the first time that I was here at this location. I know it's been. I know I've, oof, it's been many years, but like I said, I live next to one, so, so the the idea of like driving down here to go to this one is kind of silly when I can stumble to the one next to my place. Although you do work next to this one, I do work next well, to this well, one once a week. But either way, um, but yeah, so that's the decor. It's a cool place. It's a place that is very different than other breweries in Portland. If you're mm-hmm. looking for a different style in terms of how it looks and and the atmosphere you have when you're here. Yeah, I mean, this is such a I mean, we're lucky we're doing this on Sunday, and uh, it is an absolute gorgeous Portland yeah, day. Slight is. breeze, but it's, you know, the sun is shining, and it just feels like this is the kind of place I want to be right now, you know? Right, because it's you got the open, now what is similar to other breweries is you've got the open, like, garage door that yep. lets in the air, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of windows, and it is in an old warehouse building, mm-hmm. which is typical of Portland typical breweries. Typical of Portland breweries. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's a great place to be. Uh, on a day like today, for sure. All right, we got a lot of beer in front of us. A lot of beer in front we've of been, us. We've been sipping on some of them. I've had the Pilsner, the Kolsch, the Red, and the IRA thus far. I've done the Pilsner, the Kolsch, and the Southern Hemisphere IPA. We also have a Goza, a Porter, and a Nitro, which I'm excited to try. We've got a couple of IPAs over here. One's a Hazy, one is the Cosmo IPA, and I can't read the then back ones over the there. there's the No Pity Pale Ale, which they make for the Timbers, and then Superdog IPA is their flagship. So where should we start? Uh, I don't know. I've only had a few. I know. It's it's tough to do this in the middle, but I've right. enjoyed the, the two reds. The Reggie's Red and the IRA have both been pretty solid. Uh, I've I enjoyed really, those. I really liked the Pilsner. 
I thought the Czech Pilsner was really nice. I want to try the Cosmo IPA. That's gonna be my next go-to. Yeah, get at the Cosmo. It's a classic Northwest IPA. This now I've had I've had Superdog many many times. Um, I think I've had the No Pity Pale because I used to when I when I would come down here used to uh, order a pizza mm. to take home, you know. And then you know it takes time to make pizza. By the way, they make pizza here. It takes time to make pizza, so you just have a pint, shoot some darts, and so I've had the Superdog like a thousand times. So that's I'm I'm pretty used to that beer. Although I haven't had it in a little bit, so I'm excited to revisit it. But uh, yeah, that's where I am. So the Cosmo was the first IPA I tried on the, on the table so far. It is a it is a solid Northwest, maybe a little leaning towards the West Coast style. There's some good bitterness in there, but a little malty background to kind of even it out, mm-hmm. which I guess is a little bit more of the Northwest style IPA yep, that, yep. that we've learned. It's a solid IPA. I like that one. Yeah, it's solid, good color, very light in color. Um, yeah, definitely classic West Coast body to it. Uh, the hops kind of hit you up front, and yeah, a little lingering bitterness. It's quite nice. What nope, do we got here? The no pity pale. I was interested after you said it was the Timbers beer. I didn't know that. Uh, casual pale ale right there. Easy drinking. Ooh, that's really easy drinking. Yeah. Ooh, I like that beer. That to me was a... Uh, well, the, the, the I took one sip. I was like, yeah, I can finish this in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, th- it's a big Timbers thing. No pity. Um, that's part of their... I have a uh, scarf, and one of, it says no pity mm-hmm. on it. I think. Yeah, it's, it's one of the slogans. No pity, RCTID, Soccer City USA, blah, 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 blah. You said you had the, the Southern Hemisphere one, the wonky wombat? I did. I, l- I like I, how everything's a wombat. I know. I know. It's <laughs> like, how do we do this? I dig it, though, but you know me. I, I like the Southern Hemisphere hops a lot. And we talked about this last week. Every Southern Hemisphere one has an Australian name now. Yeah, yeah. Every single I love one it. does. I love it. It's absolutely great. I should. What's really funny is I haven't had a whole lot of, like, Australian beer, so I really want to know if Australian beer is any good. Because <laughs> we apparently just love naming beers after the Aussies, so I want to know, know if their beer is any good. What's that one beer that is always advertised? Foster's. That's what it is. Australian for beer. Australian for beer. <laughs> I've never had it before in my life, so I, I, can't, I can't imagine uh, that it's any good, but I, I don't know. I think I had a Foster's once when I was, you know, not 21. You mean 21? <laughs> yeah. And uh, just because they're in those, like, fat, stubby cans. Uh, but, yeah, so far, so far, what I've had is really nice. Yeah, I've actually... I just took a sip of the porter, if you'd like to follow suit. I know that's not your sure, favorite style, sure. but um, the Cosmo IPA is a really good IPA. It's an, I'm enjoying where it's hitting me right now. Uh, I like the the red and the IRA. I know that you're not a huge fan of the reds and the IRAs and, Ooh, and the ambers, nice. but to me that is – these are really well done, easy drinking red amber slash mm-hmm. – Beers. Well, you know, I, I'm cool with the IRA. I'm cool with the hoppy reds. Are you? Oh, I, yeah. th- I always thought you were opposed to those. No, no, I'm not. Because, like, I, I just don't like the over-residual sweetness in reds, personally. And so, like, the real dominating malt characteristic, which is, you know, a lot more up your alley. But, I mean, I'm born and raised on Double Mountain's IRA. That beer has... That, I've been drinking that beer for over 10 years. And so, the little, like, the sweetness in in IRAs can kind of dissipate and be counteracted by the hops, the bitterness that kind of gives it more of a balance to it. It's almost just like a it's almost just like a caramely Midwestern style IPA. What was the top left beer up there? Superdog. That's their flagship. That is a that is a solid bitter West Coast IPA. Oh, you good. said you've had a lot of those, right? Yeah. When I took that sip, it was more bitter than the Cosmo, which I guess we're calling the Northwest IPA now, right? Sure. I'm very happy that I learned that style all of a sudden. I see that 
and now I understand. Oh, okay, it's going to be a more balanced IPA. Still, still a little bitter from the hops, but a little more malt character in there. Mm. There is a hop punch on that one mm-hmm. for me. It's like, hey, West Coast IPA bitterness. Let's yep. go. So far, I've been pleasantly surprised. Me too. I, uh, I, the beers that I had in the past, you know, I never really had like a bad beer, but didn't have anything really kind of blown me away. If I'm being honest, and. I think some of these beers are actually pretty qual- pretty quality. Like again, I love that Pilsner. That pale is really nice, but you make a light bodied, easy drinking, semi hoppy pale ale and I mean, you sign me up. That's my bread and butter the right only, there. The only one I haven't loved actually is the Pilsner myself. That's just my own personal mm-hmm. taste on it. I, I've it's it's tough for me with Pilsners. I'm learning to like them better. There's a couple that I will drink uh, that I'll enjoy. But still it's a style that I struggle with just because it's so Simple to me, I guess. Yeah, um, I you know, especially in the the trend that Portland's going to with with lagers and you know the light, easy drinking, low ABV beers. Uh, I've been a part of it, and I you know I'm all about the lagers these days. But but pilsners have never quite been my thing, simply because of like the breadiness, the doughiness that you get from some of them. But this is a Czech style; there's a touch of sweetness to it, and I'm I'm really digging it. The nitro is a brown ale. Okay, uh, I just tasted the. The the hazy, that's a hazy. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna taste this goza. There's no style of beer I dislike more than goza, so wish me luck. <laughs> it's a struggle for me too. Although I think we, it was a goza that we tasted first, right? It was the the rhubarb goza. No, no, that was the strawberry pineapple. Yeah, the new one. Oh, in it was the a tank. cider. Okay, okay. Strawberry okay. pineapple. The goza's the new one in the tank. I gotcha. Okay, how was it? Uh, it's I don't hate it. Okay. I, my biggest problem with Gozas is uh, is the residual saltiness, which is just part of the flavor profile. I am very kind of, I don't know, I'm very kind of sensitive to salt. Like, I don't, I don't. I see what you're saying. Breaking news. I know this is weird and blasphemy and people will yell at me. I don't cook with salt. I know that it adds and helps flavor pop, but I don't That's cook with it. That's the most basic cooking rule of all time, I don't Patrick. cook with salt. I do not <laughs> add salt to anything. It's just not my thing. Well, I'm judging you very, very, very non-secretly that's, right that's, now. That's all right. <clears throat> everybody judges me on this. Cook with salt, everybody. Don't listen to Patrick. I don't just, listen to the weirdo. I just really don't <laughs> like it. I, I love Berliner Weisses. I love kettle sours. You know, I barrel age, especially barrel age with fruit, are kind of my go-to. The gozas are just usually tough for me because they have that saline characteristic, which is just part of the style. But pleasantly surprised with the beer. I love. Very oh, yeah. much so. I'm very, very happy. Food? You got yourself a slice of pizza? I got myself a slice of Zah. You, have, you haven't taken... Please don't call it Zah. <laughs> okay, You're not from Wisconsin. Okay, Come on now. I won't, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I haven't taken a bite yet. Um, Which one did you get? I got... Uh, it's their meat slice of the day. It's got barbecue chicken. It's funny because this pizza is not the kind of pizza I would normally get, but it has barbecue chicken, red onions, bacon, and what sealed the deal? Blue cheese. Mm, that is exactly the slice I would get. Yeah. I'll build my own pizza sometimes, and I make these weird combinations with blue cheese usually on it. And God, people are like, what cheese. are you doing? And I'm like, blue cheese is the best, you idiot. Come on now. I'm so obsessed with blue cheese. Uh, I got myself a classic Reuben with some corned beef. It was, uh, It is very, very good so far. I've only taken three bites. It's hard to eat while we're talking on the podcast. I know. But I know we heard you. I, I, know, I know. I'm sorry. I <laughs> forgot to move. Like <laughs> I forgot to move the mic up. <laughs> what we do is we can nom, move it. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Hot corner reference. <laughs> uh, I moved the mic up and I can eat and I forgot to because I was like, I can eat with the mic here. I can still hear myself. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then I realized as I was chewing crunchy bread that I was like, this is really bad podcasting <laughs> right here. And I should probably move that away from my mouth right now. Um, so, yeah, so they're they're known for their pizza. They've got 
10 different pieces that are classic here. They got some pieces of the day. They got sandwiches as well, which is where I got it off the list. Got some salads over there and some quick little snacks you could get as well, which probably can't actually read those from here, but we got a soup and stuff up there as well. So, but I like it because it's different. It's not just like it's not nachos food. and burger and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's sandwiches and pizza, and I think that's a that's a great Some way. Some breweries to, do do pizza in this town, right? Right. Know? Ex Novo is a great example. Um, I just think it's cool in in a in an environment with so much, so many options. It's nice to just kind of say, "Hey, we do pizza and sandwiches," as opposed to like, "Oh, our menu rotates and." Now we have nachos, and then next week we have some sort of lamb burger or whatever. You know, it's kind of nice to just stick to your guns. And I, I will say, I'll, we'll wrap up our first segment here. We have an interview coming up next with uh, one of the brewers here, Head Brewer. Yeah, Head I Brewer think here. so. Yeah, uh, Dave. Recently, Fleming. we might even be breaking news right now. I know, and uh, we've got a uh, we've got a bit of a history with Dave that we're going to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. So he'll be coming up on the podcast next. But um, the the thing with Lucky Lab is, I think it. This falls into the trap of a lot of the older breweries in the city. It's not new. Right. It's been around for a long time. There's multiple locations. Mm-hmm. I think people just discount it because it's like, ah, it's Lucky Lab. Yeah. Right? Oh, I've been there a thousand times. Yeah. Come back and try it again. Yep. And we, we've talked about this before. Don't forget the old breweries that you've listened to or that you've gone to and you've liked in the past. Go try them again. Try the food. Get a taster tray. Yep. Try some of the beer, find one that you like, because you might be surprised and find one that you'll come back to multiple times over and over again. There's seven days in a week. Yeah, I think There's we, 365 days in a year. You can go to many, many breweries. Right, right. I think we, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think it's something that we do try to tack on many times. It's that I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of what's new, what's new. That's that's the, the, the stereotypical millennial view, which I think is a bunch of BS. But Well, but craft beer kind of falls into that, right? right? right a but, lot of craft beer drinkers. But, yeah, craft beer falls into that. What is new? When I'm when I'm drinking at my spots, I want to know, hey, what came in new this week? You know, I forgot. I didn't realize we were going to do an on-location this week because I had a beer of the week, which was something new that hit the streets, and I'm going to save it for next week. But... Uh, yeah, I'm always curious, like, what's new, what's new? It's like, we got to remember, without places like Lucky Lab, we wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And, and it's it's worth revisiting, r- worth coming back to. All right, that's going to do it for the first segment. Coming up next, Dave Fleming will join us. It's been a little bit since we've had a guest. So uh, Let's see how this goes. Hopefully we know what we're doing. Let's do an interview. <laughs> yeah, why not? Do you know how to ask questions? Uh, I'll try. Okay, cool. That's next here on Bears and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, it's time for the interview portion of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are joined by Dave Fleming, who's the lead brewer here at Lucky Lab. Thanks for having <laughs> us out today. Thanks for coming down, guys. I wanted to start with your history as a brewer before we dive into Lucky Lab sure. uh, specifically. So Patrick was telling me before we got here, you actually started here and yep. then went to Lompoc and then coin toss in Oregon City and then have come back here. Yeah, it's it's even worse than that, Mike. Oh, it's uh, more? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's even more than that. I, I, Where else have you I, been? I, well, I started at Bridgeport pouring beers, and uh, then... <clears throat> a couple of my friends, Gary and Alex, um, from here, from the Lucky Lab, were working there too, and they 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 started a, they were going to start a brewery over there in Southeast Hawthorne. So I kept walking by because I had to walk from my house over in Southeast over to Bridgeport. So I had to cross town. So I had to go right by the Lucky Lab on Hawthorne. So I kept poking my head in, and they needed a, a manager, and I'm like, 
Oh, all right. I'm going to jump because I know I like to homebrew too, and Alex can teach me. So I jumped ship in 94 and started at the lab in 94. Um, then I moved around quite a bit. I went down to Bend, and we did Silver Moon, and um, I worked there. I worked at St. Francis School and um, McMinimins. Then I came back here to open the Quimby location, where we are right now, um, with Alex. We put a brew house in, and then, then it was Three Creeks. Lompoc, oh wow, wow. Kells, Coin Toss, and then my consulting business where we did a bunch of them. Uh, Southwest Coast, we did a few. We just finished up with the Abbey down there at uh, Mount Angel, and uh, and obviously Coin Toss. But uh, yeah, just two months ago, I'm I'm, I'm back. So uh, I'm back here and uh, looking forward to uh, being back in Portland, walking to work, uh, not driving as much, and. Uh, <laughs> Having some fun. That's got to be nice. Like how you probably never saw this coming. How cool is it to walk back into Lucky Lab? It was pretty great. Gary Geis is one of the best guys I've ever met, and Alex Styles also. And uh, Alex has had some health issues, so Gary called me and, and asked me if I wanted to come back. And uh, I was I was definitely uh, happy to do it because, uh, th- yeah, as you know, Patrick, in this environment, uh, there's been a few closures lately, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's been really tough. And, and I was trying to open breweries with my consulting business, and – it, that was just slowing down quite a bit, and uh, it's, I, I'm glad to be back making beer. I was going to ask about that because we talked about that in a, in a podcast probably like three months ago at this point Sure. with some of the closings. Why do you think now is when we're seeing some of the big breweries decide, ah, it's time to, to shut up shop or remove part of our business or right. whatever the case no, may it's be? No, gr- it's a great question, and I think all of us in Portland, all the owners, are trying to, owners and people that really care about beer are trying to figure it out. Um, I think the biggest thing – is just so much choice these days and you've got big breweries that are putting so much beer on the shelf and there's just a ton of choice and for a little guy to try to make it and get on a shelf it's very difficult because we don't have the buying power and we don't have the 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 lower cost and the lower labor cost from running an efficient big brewery you're running a small brewery and trying to get that beer out on the shelf to get name recognition uh you're not really making a ton of money it's my comparison is like gasoline you got to sell a lot of gasoline yeah. to make money and so your small breweries are not going to make a ton of product anyhow and then the margins are really tight so i think it's really difficult um i, I think brew pubs will will do well um but the niche is definitely out there where it's nice to have a niche on a beer style if you're going to do something really creative and fun or location you know if there's nothing in that area you put a brewery in you're probably going to be pretty good right. but as soon as you're pretty good somebody's going to come in jump next to you and say hey they were making it i can make beer there too. So, I mean, Oregon City is a great example. I think, I think seven years ago there was nothing, and now we ha- and now I say we, but I was down at Coin Toss for a while. So, I think that was six in that city. So, one a year. One a year. Yeah, that'll do. It. <laughs> well, and, I, and I live out in Beaverton, and they just put the Ex Novo out there, and I have a feeling that's going to start. Yeah. There's Golden Valleys out there too, but that's going to start this like explosion of people coming into the Beaverton market as well. It's a super untapped area. It is, there. really is. <laughs> yeah. And Ancestry's down in Tualatin. They've got a little location there. But it's so spread out where I live, yeah. I could see where Ex Novo went in, these breweries going, hey, wait a minute. Half of the Portland populace lives on the west side. Yep. Let's put breweries out there. Oh, it, it, it's, it, it's definitely an, an under-marketed um, you know, area. Uh, area um that's not the right word but it there's there's way too many people and way too few few breweries so uh, i think it's a great choice for people if they you know want to go out that way i i don't see why every little neighborhood bethany and anything out that way could have their own little brew pub yeah exactly you know there's plenty of people yeah yeah, yeah. so 
Uh, Dave Fleming joining us here, Lucky Lab Lead Brewer. And I wanted to ask about the multiple locations. We've done a couple of on-location places with breweries that have many locations. But I'm curious what you think that does to your business and making beer and all the stuff across the board. How does it change what you do versus when you've worked at places that have one location or even really small places? What, what are all the differences that you have to go day by day in when you're making beer? Well, it, it's really not too bad. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's definitely more kegs that you use. But, I mean, you know, like we just talked about, our, our strategy was to sell beer to the customer direct. Um, and and weed out the middleman because yeah you, know, you don't see Lucky Lab on tap at draft houses no at tap houses you no. gotta, you go to a Lucky Lab to drink lab beer yeah you do and uh, we we don't we've always kind of been that way where it's kind of more guerrilla marketing or, or just networking um, not a lot of social media not a lot of print media not um, but but word of mouth is always good and we have a we basically have a brewery we have a venue. A brick and mortar in every part of the city. Yeah. So there's the Multnomah Village location, which doesn't have a brewery. Then there's the North location. Killingsworth, yeah, right by my place. Right next to Patrick's house. And then, um, so those two are just tap houses, but they have all our beers, and they usually have a good dozen beers on tap. And then we have the Quimby location we're at right now. It has the brewery, the big brewery, which this one does about 1,200 barrels a year. And then we have Hawthorne, which is doing about about 700 barrels a year. Does it, does it make the quality checks tougher, though, when you're not just in one place? or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, we, we definitely are going to work on that and try to get that across the board. Um, I'll make beers over at Hawthorne um, that are different than over here. But um, for the most part, this location is doing all the pubs except for Hawthorne, and Hawthorne's doing itself. Hawthorne's the original, and... Quimby and Hawthorne are, are the busiest. This this space is bigger here, and there's two breweries over here, so it's easier for them to crank out more beer and, and get it out to masses. Plus, I'm old, and uh, you know, I, I'm not as I'm not as fast as I used to be. <laughs> there is a story when we were waiting to start the podcast. This this kid walks up to us and he goes, "How old are you?" And yeah. Patrick says, "33." And he goes, "Ask me how old are you?" I say, "29." And Dave goes, "53." And the kid looks at him like. 53. Yeah. It's <laughs> like Ugh. I was ancient. Like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't even throw darts according to me. He's like, you guys go play, play darts. darts. And yeah, I, you told and us yeah, to yeah. play. And Grandpa, you sit over there and drink your lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think that, that leads into kind of the, the big question Mike and I have for you as you've come back home. What uh, – what what's next? What what's what's the what's the biggest thing on your agenda right now as you as you come back home as we can say yeah. uh, taking over the Hawthorne Brewery? Like what what are you excited about to get into? Well, a bunch of stuff because I mean we've made really traditional beers over the year and years and I think we just need to kind of catch up with the future which we kind of have. I mean we've got um, we've got two hazies right now going. We got a pale and an IPA. Um, we're gonna have another one. Uh, I think we're gonna call it Got Hazy and just have fun with it and just do another. So we try to always have three on tap. It seems like we've always been a pretty IPA-forward beer uh, brewery, so I think we've got that pretty well covered. We're working on getting new hops, trying to get some more experimental stuff, um, try to keep everything current and relevant. So just um, update, basically. Yeah, we're just going to take this brewery, you know, this brewing company in, you know, into the into the future and, and try to get really work on hops because we are we've always been a hop-forward brewery and um, Gary and I are working hard on getting some Raku and some other southern hemisphere stuff because before this I was actually selling hops for a little bit and uh, the guys down there at Willamette Valley have been really good to me and um, 
hopefully I'll get some more experimental stuff because you know how that goes, Patrick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got XP 796, and you're, you're trying all this stuff out, and these are just numbers that we're throwing out, but they eventually, if they're good enough, they'll turn into a hop. So right. I, I remember HP 3, 382 turned into Amarillo, you know? Yeah, and Amarillo's yeah, yeah, doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last time I looked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last time I looked, yeah. So kind of based on what you said there, the there are some breweries who have been here forever who have been – in town for a very long time who, I mean, for lack of a better term, are kind of stubborn. They, they have their classic beers. Maybe Bridgeport was one of them. I, I, mean, would, <coughs> I they, would say so. They took very, very long time to change and try to kind of keep up with the Joneses, if you will. Is that the only way you think for a, for an, a more classic brewery in the town to, to keep pushing through the modern times is to you got to follow the trends? You can't just stick by your old classics and hope that it all stays the same? Yeah, I think that's exactly r right, Mike. Um, I think there's just too much competition in this town, and you can't just rest on your laurels. You have to be relevant, and uh, change is good for any anything, any business. I, I mean, if you don't like change, then it's going to be a tough road. Um, and we, I, I think we've done a good job. I think what we need to do is get people back in here and try it again because um, there was a little – lull in it at, some, at one point and uh, we're just trying to make things better and more relevant and try to try to move forward but yeah the you, yeah you can't get stubborn and you have to try stuff and even if you even if you don't like the beer like Patrick doesn't really enjoy Gosa very much I don't really enjoy Saison very much but I've made a bunch of them um, because people enjoy them and and beer is meant to be enjoyed just because your palate doesn't enjoy it um, I'm not that type of brewer that's not going to brew what I don't like. That's that's ridiculous. I There's plenty of beer that I think is good and well-made, and I probably won't drink a ton of it, but a lot of customers like it. The the first time I had actually come here was through the, the brew cycle. I, I came on the three stops. I went to Lompoc and Bridgeport and here. Is that something that that actually helps you think in the city, or is it just purely tourism-based? Um. That's a really good question. I really don't know how to answer that, but I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think no, I, but it's a good point, Mike. Uh, I think, um, you know, th th they do a great job over there, but it does really expose people to how many breweries there are, and especially from out of town. I can't imagine there's not been a few people that have moved here after that experience and or a few people that got into the business. So I, I think it just generates that culture that is Birvana, which is Portland, Oregon, and uh, I think we're all proud to live here for that fact. And I mean, I meet so many people every day, and I'm what do you, and they're in the beer business. So I mean, it, it's big business in this town now. It's huge business. Yep. I mean, it 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 pays my bills. Yeah, pays your bills. Yep. And I mean, Mike I've just does it for fun. <laughs> I've, I've, learned, I've learned a lot. I've met a nice, a lot get of nice to, people. Yeah. Get to drink beer on a nice Saturday before the Blazer exactly, game. So that's yeah. that's all right. Yeah, yeah, Go Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I just I, I'm I'm just really excited that you're back here. Uh, I because I reached out to you, Mike, and I've been talking about doing Oregon City stuff, and then when yeah. you said you changed, I just got really excited. Which we're still gonna do, by the way. Which we're still which we're still gonna do. Um, can I be a special guest? You yes, can be a special <laughs> guest. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, sounds good. You can hang out with us. <laughs> um, where do you see Lucky Lab in five, ten years? Well, I think um, I think what we'd like to do is um, just kind of keep it in-house and, and try to update some stuff in the brewery. Just kind of like tighten the ropes up a little bit, tighten yeah. the reins, I mean. Yeah, we're going to try to try to work on the core beers and make those just a little bit better, um, just a little more consistent. We're going to have a program where, you know, we're just going to brew. Um, we're going to get all the recipes exactly dialed so both locations have the same flavors. And then working forward, um, you know, like to come up with a more – lager program where we always have 
lager on, and we always have an experimental lager on. I think the next one we're going to do is a Dortmunder. That's where um, we are. Yeah, and that's where we are. And I think, you know, people like me. You predicted it in the very beginning of the podcast. We're like, what is next year's trend? Yeah. This is back in August. Yeah, yeah. Lag- lagers. Like lagers. Yeah. yeah, and it is lagers. And I told Gary, he's like, what do you do, want to do when you get back? And I said, I, I really want to do a Dortmunder or export because I think that's kind of where we're headed. And I think the reason why I'm going to kind of create my own question and answer it is because old people like me started when the whole craft revolution started or that first wave I like to call it and that's when people really started drinking craft and p- paying you know th- twice as much money for a beer you know you could go get a bud for you know 95 cents or you could get a lucky lab beer for 250 you know a 20 ounce right. pint back in the day and you know that being said we that, that's all we drank, you know. So so we're getting older. That whole group of people is getting older, and all of a sudden you're trying to drink a 7% IPA, and we're kind of that little core. Catches up the, to you the, quick. The Gen X is <laughs> a, a kind of that core, and we're getting older, so can't ha- handle our booze as much as we used to. <laughs> but, no, a 4.8% Pilsner or, or, or a Hellas or something like that, or, um, you know, one of the lighter styles, Dortmunder or Export, um, you know, Rice Lager, um, Kolsch, anything like that, I think is going to do really well. Obviously, we're not going to IPAs aren't, aren't going away anytime soon, and we'll we'll see where that trend goes. But uh, I think hazies are, are definitely here to stay for a while. That makes me curious. Is there one style in your lengthy career as a brewer that you have loved from the beginning that you still love making to this day? Imperial Stout. Yes. <laughs> Look at I- that. Imperial yes! Stout. Yes. Right into I, Mike's wheelhouse. I, I love my imp- favorite I, beers. I love Imperial Stout. Yeah. W- when I was brewing here, so we start we started just brewing the one we were at in 2006 and I had a friend Vince Surratt and he was he was doing Blue Dog distributing stuff and and uh he kept saying hey man you gotta so we'd come in and we'd drink the Black Lab stuff and put a little port in it and we'd be like, oh, man, that's so good. So I go, hey, Vince, what if I get a port barrel and I do, like, a double Black Lab stout? So <laughs> so we started making this stuff, this uh, Pavlov's Imperial stout because, you know, we're yeah. dog breweries, yeah, yeah, so yeah, Pavlov's, totally, yep, yeah. ring the bell, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that, and then um, the, the f- nice fellows down at um, Abacella Winery down in um, uh, Winston, which is down by Roseburg, they had a port barrel. And uh, I remember calling this guy up, and he's like, yeah, it's wet. You can come get it on Monday. Because w- I kept bugging him every week mm-hmm. for three months. And finally, Give me the barrel. Yeah, get, yeah, and he got it, and we got it through. And it was right when the abyss came through at, in 2007-ish at, from Deschutes. And it was this big thing about barrel-aged beers. We, we wax-dipped it, 22s, and it sold out in like three days. It wow. was crazy. Yeah, and it was like, it was like five barrels of beer. I think we, we ended up with like four four port barrels and that each one's about two and then we we had some for us for draft but everything else was bottled so it was pretty quick as funny as it is you know i'm 33 and i don't think anybody would ever really admit to this or or even really want it but i kind of <laughs> wish i was 43 maybe even your age oh, Dave, no, no, you don't want to be my age because like, <laughs> like the stories you guys tell oh, from the, the mid early 2000s and the 90s is just like wild west just like cowboys oh. making beer no exactly and drinking beer you can't get away with it now you know you Some, can't no, no everything's dialed in everyone's yep. got their labs yep. and their chemistry yeah i just kind of wish i was around back in the, the wild do you, west do you think that could actually work though like could could a brewery open and go Wild West, quote unquote, and just have success because it's so experimental. Block Fifteen is kind of that way. Yeah. Those guys are kind of Wild West. They're just like, hey, we do what we want, and we don't really care what other people think. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. I think they are. I think there's a few of them. Wolves and Peoples, kind of in that yep. realm too. They don't have a huge lab facility, but they make excellent beer. 
I mean, but you're, but you're right. The Wild West, I mean, we used to do some wacky stuff around here. I remember <laughs> being in the grain room just grinding grain and being like, yeah, let's just, let's just let it sour, you know. There's, <laughs> there's bugs on it. We'll, we'll see what we get. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of beer that went down the drain. <laughs> but, you know. That that's the fun thing. If you're just experiment, might be a keg or two, so yeah. it's okay to dump it. And and if you get something you like, then you cultivate, you know, you culture it up and and move on. So what beers r- right now are you excited about here that you want people to come in this weekend or next weekend, whenever to try right now? Oh, I think yeah, I think you guys hit it. I mean, there, there's some good beers here. I uh, I think um, the Wonky Wombat, um, this Mosaic and Amarillo. It's it's nice to drink. It's easy. It's something Martin made, which is really good. Um, yeah, the, the WAG has been the most popular hazy we've had. Um, the, the, the Wonky Wombat is more of a, a West Coast style with some Southern Hemisphere hops in it. And then um, we're working on some other beers. Um, I'd like to bring back the rye, which I really like. It's a, it's a nice spicy beer for summer and dry and easy to drink, low alcohol again. And then, uh, you know, like I said, working on some lagers and, and uh, Dormundo. But right now... Um, yeah, I mean, No Pity, Timbers won yesterday. That's great. No Pity's really easy beer. Drop with uh, Cascades, kind of an old-school beer. The Wag is right up to snuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hazy. And then, uh, you know, the, the classics like the Porter, you know, maybe a little warm today for that. And then, yeah, the, the, the Wombat. And then if you it's like – It's never too warm for dark beer, Dave. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Beer of the Week is next. You want to stick around and do Beer of the Week with us? Sure. All right, we'll decide, we'll decide in, the, in the intermission here what we're doing, and that's next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and Davis sitting around. Uh, Sierra, Nevada, Sierra Nevada Paleo? There you go. There I we just go. just wanted to say whoa. Um, <laughs> Dave is sitting in with us for the Beer of the Week, and we have picked uh, a Beer of the Week as well as an Honorable Mention that are both sitting in front of us right now. There you go. We'll start with the Honorable Mention, so we'll do that one first. We picked the Cosmozilla IPA. Yep. And you said you had a little story behind it? Yeah, a little story behind it. Uh, Martin over here at the Quimby Lucky Lab, one of the brewers, um, <coughs> has his dog's name is Cosmo, so he comes up with these crazy names. So it's Cosmozilla. And it's it's a it's a play on this dog's name and Amarillo hops. Mm. So um, he's got uh, dry hops with uh, mosaic and Amarillo, and uh, the he's got these funny funny pictures they create. It, it's so it's Godzilla with uh, Cosmo's head head on it. <laughs> okay. So it's Cosmozilla, yeah, yeah. and it's really <laughs> funny. And uh, he just has a good time with it. Um, only reason this isn't beer of the week is we're going to run out before this even airs. So uh, <laughs> Mike picked out the beer of the week this week, I think, and yeah. uh, it's old school beer, but it's delicious. So, Beer of the Week is the Super Dog IPA. It is their classic West Coast IPA. The yeah. flagship. Yep. It, is, it is bitter, and it is everything that you would think of as an old-school West Coast IPA right. that we don't see quite as much of anymore. And I wanted to give a little love to, to this kind of a style. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Cheers, think, boys. Yeah, I think that's, Cheers. I think that's a big thing with, with, the West Coast, with the West Coast IPA is, you know, the hazies came. They're here to stay, as you said earlier, and they're not going anywhere, and... That's a thing, but I think we're starting to slightly see it. It's not quite there yet, but we're starting to slightly see people go back to just recreating new West Coast IPAs. Yeah. Is that like the next big thing after the lager, in your opinion? It might be. I don't know. It's a cycle. We go back to the West Coast IPA. I think we went away from the West Coast IPA so much with this haze craze that whether it's, you know, retooling your flagship West Coast or creating small batch, you know, different hop varieties, 
West Coast IPAs, but we're finally starting to see a little more of the market. You know, the market definitely wants lagers. They definitely want lagers right now, but I think we're starting to see when it comes to hops, people are starting to get back into that West Coast craze. Yeah, I think anything that's a little more balanced and has some more upfront bitterness like this beer does, um, it's definitely easier on your palate long-term. Hazies get so juicy and so rich, it's almost like eating too much pie or, or cake or something like that. Where these have enough structure and balance where you have the bitter backbone to, to offset the hops and all the aromatics. So it, this one's really nice. It, it, this one came out of, this, this was another nut story. If you have a minute, oh, we got oh, we got okay. plenty of time. All right, so <laughs> we got plenty of minutes. I like how he leans in. So this it. is going <laughs> to take a minute. So we're we're, we're over at uh, Hawthorne and we're brewing, and and the um, the head brewer takes off to Australia for I don't know thirty days, a month or something like that. So I got the new guy there, and we're making the old top dog extra pale recipe. So uh, Jeff lost his count in the in the grain room because we used to just tick it off like one two three four line through five mm -hmm. like on a piece of paper so i'm like jeff how many uh how many and it's each 50 pounds so we're going for like 600 pounds of grain hey jeff how many uh how, how much we get in there oh man i forgot i don't know so anyhow long story short uh <laughs> too much grain way too much high on the alcohol i said gary i'm gonna have to hop the heck out of this because because uh the, the other brewery just lost count and he was new it wasn't his fault it was really funny so i went in the office he says, well, we got to think of a new name. I went back to the brewery. I uh, was there for about an hour, and then I, I finally thought of it. Superman, Superdog. I was laughing. And then I walked in the office. I opened the door. I look at Gary, and we both said it at the same time, Superdog. Oh. So we just cracked up. And uh, so top, top, top Dog turned into Superdog. So it was funny. So higher alcohol. And, uh, and then we finally figured out the dry hop, which is uh, Centennial Amarillo Simcoe. And that's been going since 2001. So... That is still a good mix of hops. This, yeah. This, this, beer, this beer does have a really great kind of mixture of a really great kind of mixture of the West Coast IPA old school yep. meets new school. Yep. So it's got that it's got more bitterness than a lot of people are kind of used to. I think yep. so many West Coast IPAs these days are trying to get away from the bitterness. Yeah. But it's like bitterness has a place in the IPA. It's why we created IPAs. Right. It's why we do this. And this is balanced in a modern way, but gives you that kind of that that hop wars from the two thousands kind of kind of vibe to it. I really I love this. Yeah, it it's fun. It's got more bitterness than most of your hazies these days. But I think it's structured and it's well like you said, Patrick said, it's well balanced. And I think that's what makes a great beer is balance, honestly. Um, and I, some of these trends that are, you know, breakfast stouts and stuff like this are, yeah, um, it, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to last forever where this beer has been, this kind of bitter IPA has been around for a couple hundred years. Yeah. 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 So, so you worked during the hop wars and we always call it the hop wars of the 2000s. Sure. Was that, was it just insane? Like you were just throwing more and more hops or more varietals in or higher ABV? Like what, what was it like in that? what, five, six, seven-year span where yeah. everything was just like, hey, we got to keep competing and get more yeah. hops in here. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I didn't really understand it because there's only so much you can uh, – isomerize, which isomerization is, is how you get bitterness out of beer, and, and it's a lot of diminishing returns. So if you throw five pounds at, at, at boil and you throw 10 pounds, you don't get double. You get maybe – so if you say five pounds is going to give you 50% of your IBU, 10 pounds is going to give you 58. Hmm. So it's, you're not going to get, you know, so it's just like, right. what were we doing? It was really <laughs> silly. So, you know, people go 100 IBUs and all this stuff. And now it's all switched to, uh, um, I'm laughing because I see this guy with an old set, France, 
Francis shirt. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I started. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the yeah, flashback. The flashback. Um, but uh, all of them are late end with no bitterness, and, it, and it's really annoying. I just was out brewing with John Mayer out at Rogue on Thursday, and he was just definitely like, no, I, I, I don't enjoy these beers because there's no bitterness to them. Yeah. And John's old school. He's great. Uh, one of the best brewers in Oregon. So it was just fun that he, he kind of resonated to the sentiment, you know. Yeah. Well, Superdog IPA, that is our beer of the week with a shout-out to our honorable mention, Cosmozilla IPA as well. Seriously, guys, we were very pleasantly surprised when we yep. sat down. I had a very good time. Um, yeah. I had a great time. If you have not been to Lucky Lab in a while, come back and Thank give you. the beers a try. Yeah, yeah, give appreciate Dave, it. Give Dave beers a chance as yeah. well because <laughs> he's, uh, he's making them great again. Yeah, we'll try to. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Make beer awesome again. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do it that way. But. <laughs> happen. No, it's fine. So, our next on location, I want to do it with Dave. I want to do the Oregon City one. Yeah, we'll do that next where week. We, where we wander around some of the different breweries. Coin sure. Toss, your former one. Yep. Uh, we've had fun. some listeners want us to go to Oregon City Brewing so we can go there. and yep. Just kind of do a couple. It'll be like our Hood River episode. We should walk down the street holding on to the tie line that we used to record with headphones on while we're walking down the street just <laughs> drunk and stupid and saying dumb things. But we're going to drop it and then I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm going to be up for a ton of money. <laughs> that sounds like your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be our next on location probably in about a month or so that, that we'll be doing with Dave here. Thank you so much again oh. for having us out. We appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate it, Mike. Nice to meet you finally in person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, Patrick. Uh, always a pleasure, brother. Yep. You be yep. good. Cheers, man. Next week, we're either doing a style or we're going to do the music and beer podcast. We're not fully sure yet. We'll figure it out. But that's what we'll be doing for next week. We'll see you then. Deuces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.